Hello, and welcome to Sarah's Space. I thought I would try something a little bit different today. Instead of just speaking kind of anonymously behind the microphone to all of you, I thought that I would also add my face and that we would have kind of a face-to-face conversation. So it will be a little shorter than it usually is, and it will be still Sarah's Space on the Sarah's Space SoundCloud and iTunes areas you have found it before, a podcast, but we have a little sister channel on YouTube that is under Sarah Lee Sunday Speaks, and there I will be speaking. So all that to say, it's lovely to be with all of you today. And I thought that being, I was figuring this out, I think we are in week seven of social isolation. And quite honestly, I think we're all feeling week seven of social isolation. And I realized that probably the one thing that I haven't spoken to our relationships. I think we've talked a lot about, you know, how each of us are individually feeling. Uh, We've talked about goal setting. We've talked about staying positive. We've talked about allowing yourself to feel negative. We've talked about the possibility of the future, staying in the moment, uh, feeling still determined to move forward and and evolve and grow as both a, a physical artist and as a person. But relationships has not been something that I've touched upon. And Let's face it, when we're stuck together, whether it be with our family members or our mates or our children or all of the above, or maybe extended family or roommates or friends, whoever we are sharing space with in close quarters in an isolated way in these last seven weeks and onwards, I think that it has put our relationships to the test. I think the test being giving each other space, giving each other the allowance and the freedom to really screw up and to be flawed and to reach the apex of our own understandings of patience and limitations. And in my personal, well, personally speaking to me, uh, I have to say that I've really found myself tested mostly on the nature of introvert versus extrovert. My husband and my daughter are, I, I, my husband's a raging extrovert. I don't know if I would call my daughter a raging extrovert. She definitely is heavier on that side than an introvert, but she does have some interesting pairings with that, such as, you know, the, the just reaching that overstimulation point and needing complete and utter space or just mama or just papa or just home. She also does get homesick very uh, easily when we were away. So I know that there are some introversion aspects to her. Overall, though, the two of them crave social interaction, enjoy social interaction, get uh, fired up and stimulated and excited by social interaction. I am the pretty much the opposite, especially from my husband, in which case I thrive on giving I also thrive on being in a circumstance in which I can give freely with a prepared state of mind, I guess is the best way to say it. I don't, for instance, I'm not one of those people that gets happily excited if someone out of the blue knocks on the door and appears. (laughs) I would be, oh, 
because in my mind, I might have had my whole day planned for complete and utter seclusion. Well, it's never complete and utter seclusion because I homeschool and I also uh, have built my work schedule around being with Kira. So she's usually with me. But by complete and utter seclusion, I don't mean going out into the public or uh, perhaps interacting with people that I would not be uh, able to be 100% off guard, I guess. And that's not even a nice way of putting it. I think it's fair to say that we all have a public persona and then we all have aspects of ourselves that we are comfortable showing to certain groups of people and sharing freely in certain ways with certain groups of people and freely in other ways with other groups of people. Just like I think it's fair to say that we all have a big group of friends or even a close circle of friends in which we have very different relationships and value each aspect of that with the different people. So for instance, you might have your friend that you go for long walks with. And on those long walks, perhaps you talk incessantly and you just discuss everything and anything. You might have your friend that you share glasses of wine with. You might have your friend, if we're at a before drinking age, (laughs) notes to the minors out there. Uh, You might have a friend that you play with. You might have a friend that you feel free sharing your secrets with. You might have a friend Uh, that's best in groups. You might have a friend that's wonderful to be alone with. There's, There's so many different aspects to friendship and relationship and sharing and none of them are wrong. And, and it doesn't make the value of those people in our lives any uh, greater or lesser. Now, when we start getting into those intimate relationships in which we are living with someone day in and day out, I have to say that expectations are very interesting. I think that in normal circumstances, my expectations uh, towards my husband are quite fair. I think that they're, we've been together for 22 years. So I, I, I think of him as my best friend. I think of him as someone who knows exactly what to do to make me laugh. I think of someone who is uh, loving and kind and thoughtful and knows knows me intimately as far as what makes her tick, what will make her smile, what are the things that she values, what are the things that she thinks are her strengths, what are the things that she thinks are her weaknesses. I also know intimately his weaknesses, and uh, one of them happens to be sensitivity, which has been sort of a long-standing, I won't say battle, but let's call it a challenge for both of us, being that I am highly sensitive. I'm highly sensitive to people and I'm highly sensitive as a receptor. So that can be tricky. <laughs> Being that we are in close quarters and that uh, Michael's actually lucky that he's been able to continue working. We're all lucky as a family unit. We are blessed in that our our regular supply of groceries is not cut off and that we do have a roof over our heads that we feel comfortable and and very safe in and that we are able to run our vehicles when that when it's needed uh being that he works in renovations he's just only done outdoor jobs and uh has been able to continue that on without any concern of infecting himself he works alone most of the time too when he has had to work with other people on site it's been really easy to social distance because they do completely different i'll say disciplines than he does 
in my case, of course, I have not been working except for the pleasures of being and uh, teaching my online classes, of uh, which I just thrive on. Uh, and it's interesting. Not being an extrovert, uh, teaching is such a fantastic outlet because I can share, I can give literally over a hundred percent while I'm in the room and then I go away, I go home and I replenish and I recoup and I think and I reflect and sometimes I go to sleep thinking about things that were discussed or said or things that I saw or things I want to create and then I get to come back fresh and start all over again. Now I'm in front of a camera, like now, uh, well, five days a week, actually, uh, just the way that the online Zoom classes have worked out. And it has been an interesting type of exhaustion because it, you don't get the reciprocity that you get from having another human being in the room where you're feeding their energy and they're feeding yours and there's that wonderful give and take. And there's also that wonderful give and take of watching and gauging reactions. And I have to say that even though I'm seeing reactions when I'm looking online and and I, in all the cases I'm teaching, so I, I'm actually, I'll, I'll teach something, I'll physically give the exercise. And uh, with my advanced open classes, I'm actually doing the exercise on one side and then stopping and looking and seeing how everyone's doing and giving feedback. It's still sometimes there's a delay. Sometimes I can see uh, their reaction is a delay. Sometimes I can see that they're hearing my voice and then there's that delay of them getting to the screen. It's just different. That's all. It's just different. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. I'm feeling so grateful that that uh, modality exists because if it was my childhood, we would be not. And I was just thinking about that today. I would be in my 800 square foot house with my family, the four of us, and I would not be doing any online classes. I would be undoubtedly still dancing uh, along to my cassette tape. <laughs> oh, that makes me smile. In the living room, um, in which, you know, I'm dancing on a postage stamp, kind of the size of a, I guess almost a queen size bed and trying to practice exam work uh, in and around, you know, parents having to maneuver themselves. I, most of the time my brother would be outside playing and my mom would be in the other little tiny nook, which would be in the kitchen. And I think my dad, during those times, I remember him being outside. So yeah, that's how we facilitated that. However, I, I digress. Uh, getting back to the, the working in a small area with family members, I have to say that as a parent and as a as a mate, the things that I've noticed the most is that if I don't replenish myself and my need for silence and my need for quiet, just a quiet atmosphere uh, like I'm having right now uh, and, a, and a need to just think and reflect without exhausting myself, because what I would do sometimes is I would just try to stay up late once everyone else had gone to bed just to have that time to myself. And sometimes I would nibble on pistachio nuts, drink lots of water and uh, read. Sometimes I would watch, uh, this will make you all smile. I would watch YouTube videos of singers that would make me cry. Singing 
when it's beautiful, oh, it grabs me every time. Uh, and I, I, that emotional release was always something that I would really enjoy as well because it was about a stranger. It was about something that was touching. It was a feeling of connecting and yet not having to actually connect, which is a, a whole other effort required of me. But I'm finding myself uh, very tired after being on screen and actually also physically tired too from dancing more than I normally get to dance, which again, I am not uh, being ungrateful for because I'm loving it. However, it is causing me to need the replenishment that I am no longer giving myself or having the time for at this point. So my patience levels have decreased and I find myself feeling uh, less charitable about other people's idiosyncrasies that may not coincide with mine. And as a parent, I have to take a deep breath. And in that span of time that it takes for me to have a deep breath, although that might look patronizing and that might, you know, I have even explained to my daughter, this might look like I am having to deal with you. What I'm actually doing is dealing with myself so that I can better communicate to you. Otherwise, I'm impatient or I'm caught up in something that disallows me the grace and the space to actually speak to you in a way that will actually effectively move us forward. So I, I interestingly have found myself finding that easier in communication with my husband than with my daughter. And granted, I'm around her more than I'm around him because we get up together I, well, I oftentimes will give myself 20 minutes. I'll get up early, early, early. And then maybe I'm alone for 20 minutes, half an hour. And then I wake her and then it's breakfast. It's uh, basically all the getting ready of the morning. And then it's getting to the studio. It's filming the online classes. Uh, it's working on syllabus work. It's working on classwork. It's maybe working with her school teacher online. Uh, and then we come home from the studio and then there's a quick lunch and then it's schoolwork. And it's not schoolwork uh, from public school, it's homeschooling schoolwork. So it really hasn't changed that much. And uh, there's a fair amount of it that we're getting through. So then there's the aspect of me wanting to prepare a meal because Michael's out working and I'm able to be in the home much more than he is, even though I am working in my own way. And trying to make all of that work and feeling, you know, a curious, having to ask me questions and, and having to, uh, well, I'm, I'm teaching and then I'm teaching her dance as well. She's a much more avid dance student than she is an academic student. And then I'm having to do the academic aspect with her and still maintain a creative, impulsive, um, interesting way of delivering the material without exhausting myself to the point where I literally feel like I'm tripping over my words. It has been a challenge. It has been an incredible challenge. And I feel as though I failed myself miserably at times and, and raised my voice and showed my temper and showed how close to the wire of my own limitations I am or how I've surpassed my limitations. And the only thing I can do at that moment is just try to breathe through it and get through it and get to the other side and apologize profusely. Uh, also addressing what perhaps I feel like I reacted to because the way uh, we all try to work together in this household, being that all three of us have very bad tempers 
and both my husband's and my daughter's are what would be considered explosive and mine is considered I I don't know if it has a classification except that it I can go into a rage it's very far along the end of the spectrum of my temper but when I'm in that rage I need time to get out so that's three very big fires to have to navigate all three of us around one another when we're not at our best selves, uh, when we're not able to to be our best selves because of either the aforementioned isolation and being shoved together all the time and having to work around each other and not necessarily getting the things that we thrive on, which in my daughter's case is social interaction. And although I'm making sure that she is having FaceTime opportunities with her her own peer group, her dear friends, and um, some FaceTime opportunities. I mean, she's in the room in the studio when I'm working with dancers. She's getting a chance to slightly interact with them and to certainly see them. It's different. I think those extroverted people really love that physicality in the room, even if it's just an energy source. And... Uh, it's so interesting because I'm exactly the opposite. That physicality in the room is very important for me to interact with on the basis of the sensitivity and the the emotional re- reciprocity and that feeling of, of reading the faces and knowing I'm I'm reaching someone, but I find it exhausting. And that's what I so enjoy recouping from so that I can do it again because it's not like I'm wanting to be away from it. I remember really appreciating uh, a psychologist that I greatly admire, listening to him admit that he was an introvert at this time. He was in a conference that I was attending, which was exhausting for me because we were in the room up to 300 people at a time, I guess quite often like a, a university lecture of a popular course with a popular professor. And I found that admission to be so refreshing and interesting because he went on to say that it's imperative for him that when he goes to his cottage or he and his wife get away, they have this routine and his children are all grown. So he's, he's got this routine where they just know how to, to leave each other alone and come together at the right moments and share the right times and then to step back and give each other the time to recoup and replenish before then again embarking on some more togetherness. And I I loved that he shared that in front of this room of 300 people that he was so uh, aptly entertaining and so wonderfully engaging and so wonderfully engaged in all of us as well. So it, it was that wonderful, I guess, reassurance that we as introverts and really deep introverts, I did that test in that uh, book written uh, called Quiet. Oh, and it's going to bug me because I'm going to forget the author. At this moment, I feel like I want to say, Alison, it'll come to me. I'll probably have to, you know, I'll have to do. I might just have to mention it at a later time. I should have written it down. Quiet. Hmm. Some of you out there I know have read it, but it's a study of, uh, it's, I think it's title as introverts uh, making sense in a noisy world and, and, and also in a world that values extroversion. And there was a test that you had to take and I took it and I scored so high. 
on the level of introversion. So there's a scale and most people are somewhere in between. They have a little bit of both. And then there's someone like my husband who's over here <laughs> on the extroversion side. And there's me that's over here on the introversion side. And that too probably creates um, an intriguing question as to how we ever uh, met, made it work, etc. But that's a whole other podcast and that's a whole other story. And a lot of that is that opposites attract and that uh, we often will seek out in others that we feel like we need and can't give to ourselves uh, automatically or easily. And sometimes it's also a, such a complicated web of so many things that connect. But I think that all of this to say I am really feeling the need to seek my own replenishment and to remember, I counsel people this statement all the time, you can't give love if you're not giving love to yourself. You can't actually freely give love or give genuine love if you're in a place where you're kind of about something about you. And so I guess that that's another thing to mention is, is that, you know, you're not going to be perfect during this time. Uh, I think there are there are undercurrents and there are stresses that we are experiencing that are impossible to quantify at this time and we might not ever fully understand them until further down the line when we talk about it in retrospect or when our children reflect to us remember when blah 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 or if it's not our children it might be our friends or maybe it's our elders or maybe it's a it's just a recollection that we have of ourselves navigating this time in this space and I think that it's so important to recognize that we can only do what we are literally capable of in the moment and to value that, you know, sometimes we might look at that in the moment or perhaps from a little distance and just shake our heads and just think, oh, that was so insufficient or that was really not worthy of uh, any accolades or perhaps even the time. But we have to just keep moving through and love ourselves even in those moments and understand, you know what, we're dealing with everything that's going on in our own regular lives that are irregular at this time. And we are also dealing with our loved ones in the best way that we can. And I guess just appreciate all of that. And that's kind of how I want to leave this tonight is uh, keep it as a unusual Sarah's space slash Sarah Lee Sunday speaks moment and just say, I hope you are all well and thriving in some way or another, and that you are finding the magic in the moments that you can, and appreciating that probably in being thrown together so often, you are seeing moments that you normally wouldn't get a chance to see, which may or may not be your favorite. <laughs> I mean, there is there's humor to be had uh, in just about every nook and cranny of life. And I feel as though we're learning a lot about each other and we're learning a lot about ourselves and that's valuable and I I encourage you to keep seeing the value and the beauty in that and I look forward to a time where we are reflective about this particular time period and it is in retrospect but at the same time I have to genuinely say I'm appreciating this time very much because it is teaching me a great deal more about myself and what I value and how much I can appreciate 
the little things such as being able to use a computer, being able to use a phone to reach out to someone. I have found myself quite hysterically funny in trying to correct people's bodies like this or just reaching out sometimes and realizing, right. And and then all of a sudden watching my face loom in very greatly and realize, right, that's probably frightening. We don't need 3D, Sarah. So I, I suggest let's just keep finding the humor and the beauty in whatever moments we have at this time. And I thank you for sharing whatever time you desire to share with me and come to Sarah's space. And in this particular incident to come and not incident in this particular moment to come to Sarah Lee Sunday Speaks as well. And thank you. And I look forward to perhaps doing more of this in the future and sharing more time with you in the future. And thank you again for coming to Sarah's space. We'll talk soon.